Hello, and welcome to the Creative Grace Podcast with your host, Anna. Each week, I will be bringing on entrepreneurs who have inspired me to help you run a successful and thriving business. Ready to embrace both the mess and success? Let's dive into today's episode. Hey, Kaylee, it's so good to have you on the podcast today, and I'm really looking forward to chatting with our listeners all about how to go full-time and what it looks like from our journeys and what it can look like for their journeys in the future. So go ahead, introduce yourself. You're a wedding photographer. um, And yeah, go from there. Hi, um, everybody. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, Yes, my name is Kaylee, Kaylee Ely, and I am a lifestyle and wedding photographer based in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I pretty much serve all of the like middle Tennessee area and I do all kinds of things like weddings, newborns, um, couples, maternity, all kinds of stuff, but mostly weddings and couples. Um, and yeah, I started photography like 2008. It was a long time ago was when I really got my like knack for it. We were in Colorado and hiking. My grandparents had a house there. And so we, I'd spend like a month every summer with them and it was amazing. Um, and so that's kind of where I kind of like got the love for photography was just wanting to take the beauty home with me when I went back to Tennessee because the mountains in Tennessee are nothing like the mountains in Colorado. <laughs> so I was like, okay, how can I take this back home with me and still like enjoy its beauty or whatever? So that's why I started really kind of taking pictures just with my phone at first. And then that Christmas I got um, a DSLR from my family. They kind of went in together and got me my first camera, which was super excited. And then after that, I pretty much never put it down. Um, I went to college for it. I went to Savannah College of Art and Design in Savannah, Georgia, and I got my bachelor's of photography and I graduated with that in 2016. So ever since then, um, I mean, obviously photography has been in my life, like since I picked up, um, the skill in 2008, but I would say I really started taking it seriously when I went to college in 2012, um, And then once I graduated in 2016, it was kind of like, okay, what do I want to do with this now? Like I've been working on it for four years and it was way different than what I do now. It was more like fine art and conceptual where I was like stylizing and planning shoots um, and they didn't always have people in them. So we were learning about history and lighting and that kind of stuff. So um, once I graduated, I was like, okay, well, I know I want to do photography, but like, I don't know if, if I can make any money doing what I've been doing the last four years, (laughs) or if I would really even enjoy it because there's just so much thought and planning that goes into each and every shoot. So that's kind of when I got it started into um, taking pictures of people. Like I kind of did in high school doing senior photos and stuff. But when I got done with college, I was like, I need a change. So that's how I am where I am now. Awesome. So would you say that college is necessary for photography? Because in my opinion, I know for sure it's not. Um, But I know some people have learned a lot from college with certain things on just angles. But then for some people, it comes so natural. Yeah, I think I have a mixed opinion about it because I think the bigger part of me is definitely agrees that like college is not necessary. Um, I can say that even from going there and studying photography and um, like knowing the skill that people have who haven't gone to college. I definitely don't think it's necessary. Um, I, but with also with that being said, I wouldn't change what I learned in like for anything, just because, um, not that you need to know this to like, especially for like weddings and stuff, not that you really need to know a lot of what I learned in photography school, like the history of photography. And like, I learned all about like, um, 
alternative processes with printing and film photography and got to do a lot of hands-on stuff. Um, I got to learn a little bit more of the technical side. So like the names and like, like diving deeper than just like rule of thirds and that kind of stuff. Like you got to know a little bit more of like the technical side of the, the craft, but, and it's always nice to have in the back of your head, like why we do things the way we do, like, why is it called the develop module in Lightroom and that kind of stuff? And why is it called Lightroom in the first place? Um, but it's just kind of cool to know where all of that stuff is coming from, but it's not necessary at all because a lot of what photography is, is the eye you're able to compose, you're able to, envision the shot and set it up how you need to and that comes from like speaking to the people directing them and knowing the light and the angles and all that kind of stuff oh for sure and i also think that photography comes naturally to some people and for the people that it doesn't come natural to sometimes stuff like that and like learning some of those little nitty-gritty things can really help um i do believe that anybody can be a photographer but it might take someone 10 years versus somebody a year so i mean right. i do believe in the eye of photography and stuff so yeah really interesting and i do think that i feel like college would be great for someone that wants to learn more marketing because marketing and running a business or even just going you know to an entrepreneur type you know learning business in there mm -hmm. is super helpful um but yeah yeah, I agree with that. I mean, obviously, like, I wish we had learned a little bit more about like business and marketing in my college. Like, I think they had more classes that I could have taken to learn more about them, like as an elective. Um, but when I was in college, I was way more focused on printing and film photography and fine art, like conceptualization, like conceptualizing, like making books, like that kind of stuff. So that was kind of what I focused on was more of like, the craft side of it instead of the business side of it. Because when I was in college, I had no, I had no desire to be a wedding photographer. I had no desire to be a freelance artist. I did not want to run my own business. Like it wasn't something that I'd ever thought that I wanted to do mostly because I think my family kind of raised me that way. Like freelance is scary. <laughs> like you're going to live paycheck to paycheck. Like you need to find a stable job. And so I was kind of thinking like, Oh, like how can I do, how can I, kind of work in a corporate world doing photography basically but then of course when I graduated I was like nope this is not for me I don't want to work in a corporate world with photography I did try that I don't know if you got, have heard of do you have portrait innovations there like those little um I don't know it kind of reminds me of like the Olan Mills in Sears that your parents took you to to get your photos done as a kid they're just like these really cheap cheesy yeah photo studios yeah, yeah I worked at that Yep. I worked one at there, one of those for like a year and I worked at like life touch, um, or prestige portraits. They're kind of referred to as both for senior photos during my senior year of high school. So I worked in the corporate world for photography specifically for a couple of years. And I was like, this is not <laughs> my thing at all. <laughs> no, no. There's so much like beauty in being a freelancer. Like a lot of people, I don't know, as entrepreneurs and stuff, we kind of like, we have a creative mind that like, even if that might not work, we will have a different idea. Like we'll just yeah. make it work. Um, yep. So no, I love that. And it's kind of cool that you kind of were able to dive into the corporate side. And then also now you're like full on doing your own thing um, in freelance. Um, kind of talk about like, did you have any other jobs in between when you're going full time? Um, kind of chat about that. Yeah. So when I first graduated college, I was actually very lucky to get a full-time job doing photography um, with a company called Everything But The House. Um, it's kind of like a, 
estate sale, but online. So someone who maybe had passed away um, or someone who was like moving across the country and just wanted to sell all of the items in their house, um, they would hire our team, everything but the house, and we would come out. I call it EBTH for short. So um, we would come out and there would be someone there who's cataloging the items and they would like kind of say, this is what we're going to sell. I'm going to group these together, like writing about them, getting the price, like all that kind of stuff. And then I would be there and I'd lug all my studio lighting, <laughs> all my backdrops. Um, it was like a white seamless backdrop. And I'd have to set up like a little makeshift studio in someone's house and take pictures of all of their stuff, um, which was pretty cool because then I'd have to go and edit them. Um, and it was just nice because it gave me a taste of what freelance was like. And that was when I decided I really wanted to be, I wanted to work towards being a freelance photographer because I got to edit at home and I pretty much could schedule on my own. Like they kind of would say you have these three days in the house. And so I could choose if I wanted to be there, like on this specific day and at this specific time and photograph, like for those eight hours, or if I wanted to split it up and do like four hours one day and four hours another day, as long as I got it done in time before we had to be out of the house. And then same with editing, I could edit as long as I got everything done by the deadline for the like site, the sale to go live, then it was fine. So if I wanted to work at 11 o'clock at night until 3am, like I could, and then I could be like at the pool all day or whatever. So I was like, okay, this is the life for me. How can I, how can I do this, but not for somebody else? Um, so long story short, that's that company kind of dissolved in Nashville. And so I had to find a different full-time job and I, um, had a couple different ones. I worked as an assistant for a real estate agent and that was pretty fun just because I got to do a little bit of everything. And she knew that I was really interested in photography. So she tried to, um, kind of incorporate that into my job description as well. So I would go and take photos of the houses while I was also taking notes for the real estate um, listing and stuff. And then I'd also take photos of the agents, which was really cool because that's what I wanted to get into was like more portraits and stuff. So I would work with each agent individually and we'd set up like a location and a time and we'd be there for like two or three hours, like shooting, changing all their outfits, like getting their hair and makeup done, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I'd have to edit the photos and they would use them on their social media and like their marketing and stuff. And I would be able to use it for myself as well. Um, so that was when I got a new camera and really decided to start investing in my business. And um, basically after that, the job wasn't working out. I wasn't having, I was, wasn't super happy. And I was also getting really, really busy. So I decided to take a step back and instead of going from, um, instead of just quitting altogether, I went to a chiropractor's office and worked there part time. Um, and was able to still like, I was able to focus more on my business by stepping back, but I wasn't like diving headfirst into a full-time freelance. So I felt a little bit more like I had a safety net, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's pretty cool how you did like more product photography, not as much like people photography, if that makes sense, mm -hmm. because portrait photography, Yeah, <laughs> um, there's a lot of people, well, I've heard different people where they're like, I don't want to do any sort of portrait photography. How do I make a living off of more product off of just landscape? And I feel like it is definitely a lot harder 
but you can still do it for sure. There's a lot of companies that still need those images of their products or just different things like that. I personally don't like that type of photography as much because it's so staged um, and I feel like it has to be so perfect, so nitty gritty with those little things. Um, but yeah, I just, I think it's really cool seeing your journey that you didn't start off as a portrait photographer. I know for me, when I first started, it was just like friends of friends wanting engagement sessions and it kind of, you know, went from there and then somebody wanted me for their $500 wedding. Like, yeah, that's so cool. And I love how you mentioned, um, like how you had another job, like you were at the chiropractor, you had another job when you were going full time. Um, some people think that they all of a sudden quit their job and they just jump right into full time. And it's not always like that for some people it is, but like for me personally, I, um, you know, I was doing ship shopping. I was doing, um, my fitness business, but I was super low key with that. So like I had other streams of income coming in, um, before I just jumped ship and took over, you know, my photography business. Yeah. And that's one of my tips that I tell a lot of people, especially in like my mentor sessions is just, you don't have, I know we think in our head like, Oh, I want to be a full-time photographer. So it's like, I need to save up money. Like I need to have X amount of dollars in my savings account and have everything set up so that all I have to do is just like not work for someone else anymore. And I can just work for myself. But for me, like obviously, and for a lot of people, I'm sure freelancing is, is really scary because you are living paycheck to paycheck. There's always that fear of like, what if this is the last shoot that I book like for the rest of the month, you know? Um, and I think that also kind of motivates you to work a little bit harder, which is also why I felt like I was working full time in photography since like 2019, when I decided like, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to get a new camera. I want to be a freelance photographer. I want to work for myself. Um, I feel like I was working 40 hours a week in photography on top of working 40 hours a week at a, as an assistant to a real estate agent. And it was just a lot. Like I definitely would say it was not easy and I was losing a lot of sleep. Um, I, but I also think that's part of the hustle. It's one of those things that like, you kind of have to do it for a little bit. You have to put your head down and like grind through the work and get it done. Um, but you also have to like protect your mental health and your physical health and like make sure that you're taking breaks and stepping back. Like I definitely did not see my family as much as I should have <laughs> during those like couple of years when I was transitioning. Um, but I would say it was like 20, the end of 2020, cause it was right after I got married. So it was like October maybe um, of 2020 that I got a job at the chiropractor's office and was like, okay, I'm going to work part-time chiropractor that will help like give me some kind of stable, stable income. And I'll still have a lot of hours outside of the chiropractor's office to work on my photography business. So then I went from working like 80 hours a week at two full-time jobs to like 60 hours a week with like one full-time job being photography. And then my part-time job being the chiropractor's office. And then I would say about, it was like mid May of 2021 that I was like, okay, even this is too much for me. Like I'm so busy with photography and very happy about it. Um, and so I was able to leave the chiropractor's job and go full-time. So it was a definitely like a taking a step back at a time instead of just like a full on leap. For sure. And also, like, I feel like so many people get worried, like, oh, next month, I don't have any 
photo shoots booked. But like, seriously, like if you just keep working hard, they will come. Um, I know many, many months where it's like, like even October, October is going to be my busiest month. And I think I only have like five photo shoots booked and that's okay. That always happens. And then all of a sudden, as you get closer, you know, though they come, if you're working hard, you're hustling. And I also liked how you mentioned that, like, you have to hustle and you have to work hard when you first start. Some people, there's so much negativity towards hustle. I talked about this on our last podcast episode with another couple of photographers, and they were just talking about like the beginning stages of your business like that's just building a really strong foundation and like it's okay if you look at any other business they had to put in those same works before you start to see the fruits of your labor like it takes a little bit to finally see that um so yeah i love how you mentioned that yeah it's definitely not the easiest thing in the world because i mean i remember like you know, I would come home from my full-time job and immediately like take out my laptop and start editing. Or I would go straight from, um, straight from my full-time job to like a shoot in the evening and then come home. And like my husband, bless him. He has, he was a big help during all this stuff because especially on nights where I had shoots, like he would like cook, cook and clean dinner, like cook, cook dinner and clean up after dinner so that I could do the shoot and then edit a little bit afterwards or like work on my website or whatever. So I don't think I would have been able to do it if I didn't have him helping me with the other things. Like he, he wasn't necessarily helping me with my business besides just like motivating me and like telling me that I can, I can do it. He's being my biggest cheerleader. Um, but you know, it's definitely harder when you don't have someone else at home that can help like cook and clean and like grocery shop and stuff. And we definitely had to he kind of picked up my slack during those months while I was like really, really hustling, which was great. <laughs> um, and if you don't have that person in your life, like a, a partner or a spouse, someone who lives with you, I definitely would say don't be scared to ask for help from even your friends and family. Like if they love you and they want to support you, they could just like make you like a lasagna or something. And then you can just eat off of it for that week and just like heat it up or something during the week. Like, if they love you and they want to support you, but they can't like pay for photo shoots or like come over and clean your house, like they can do other things um, or even just kind of like be a second eye while you're looking at photos or something like that. Like they can help you in more ways than you think. And it's scary. And like um, almost like I think there's like a shame about it and when asking for help from other people. But honestly, every single time I've asked for help, m most of the time people say yes. And they don't like roll their eyes or get mad. They're glad to help because they're like, it might not be exactly what you need, but I'm doing something and I'm helping you support your dreams, which is awesome. So that's like a little tidbit, I guess. <laughs> that's helped yeah. me too. It's just like not being scared to ask for help. Yeah, we have to humble ourselves a little bit and ask for help. And sometimes like when family hears that you need help, like mom and dad or whatever, they're like, wow, they actually want help. Yeah, <laughs> they're kind of like happy, like moms love to be moms, you know, mm -hmm. um, I know oh, my sure. I know my mom does. And it drives me crazy sometimes. But at the <laughs> same time, it's like, well, thank you. <laughs> mm -hmm, thank you for exactly. being there and supporting or whatever. Um, but I also think that like you have to have a strong passion and a strong love for your business and what you're doing to be able to do what you're doing like if you're coming home from a long day at work and you're coming home to edit you best be loving what you do oh yeah you don't love what you do from the beginning imagine down the road when you're doing 60 hours a week you really have to love your business and that's 
also, you know, like as entrepreneurs, we love our business so much that we can't stop thinking about it all the time. But Mm -hmm. I feel like at the same time, you should have that when you're first starting and then you can start to create more harmony within your business. Absolutely. Yeah. It's one of those things too, like, especially when you're first like starting up your business, what you're doing isn't necessarily something that you love. (laughs) Like just, I remember setting up my website. I was like, Oh, I hate this. Like I was having fun because it was a different creative outlet for me. Like it wasn't shooting and editing. Um, so it was a different way for me to like work on my business without actually doing photography, but designing websites is not my strong suit and I am super indecisive. So going through, Um, looking for inspiration, trying to figure out what I liked about other people's websites and how to set mine up, like to make it flow correctly and like feel and look good. I was so indecisive and it was like the hardest thing that I ever had to do was just trying to figure out exactly what I wanted to look like. I also didn't have a clear vision for my brand at that point either. So it was just, it was a little difficult, but I mean, honestly, it was still something that I enjoyed doing and I knew that I had to do it in order to set up, set myself up for success. So working 60 hours a week, like between multiple jobs was definitely tiring and exhausting. And I wish that there was no a different way to do it, but sometimes it's just what you have to do. And like you said, as long as you love it, it's worth it. Oh, hundred percent. So kind of talk to the listeners a little bit about like where your business is at now. I know you just started offering mentorships. You're kind of diving into more of the education phase. Um, and I feel like a lot of photographers, they go from learning and then they want to be able to teach other photographers how they did what they're doing. Um, so kind of dive into what you're doing. Yeah. So I've been offering mentorships for like a year now, but they've been more like casual. Whereas like if someone just messages me and like, Hey, do you do mentorships? I'm like, yeah. And then we just like set it up via however they reached out to me. Um, so now I actually have an assistant, um, a virtual assistant, and she helped me get like my website together, like for the photographers to like a place for them to go to and just kind of easily put in an inquiry and set all that stuff up. So that was a big help for me just to be able to set up mentorships. So I guess that's two things in one is like, like having an official way to do mentorships. And also like now I have an assistant, so she's helping me do a lot of like the blogging and the Pinterest stuff, which is very, very helpful because now I don't have to worry about doing it. Um, But yeah, I, I have always known that I wanted to do education because I've been a yoga teacher since 2016. So I've always liked teaching people um, and just helping them realize like it's it's different, obviously, like yoga and photography. But like with yoga, I've always liked helping people feel better in their bodies and like realize that they can they have it inside of them to make themselves feel happy and feel comfortable. Um, And then just loving seeing that look on their face when something clicks, when you're like, oh, like do this twist, like lift a little bit higher and twist, you can get in there deeper. They're like, oh, wow. Okay. I didn't even think about that. And now, you know, that it just lights up their face. And I love being there to like help guide people through that kind of stuff. So I knew that I wanted to do that with photography too, just because I've had a passion for it for such a long time. And I think about some of the professors that I had in college um, and how much they inspired and taught me and how I still think about them almost every day. I even have pictures of them in my studio, which is a little weird, but like not really. Um, And it's just, it just is a reminder to, to inspire others as well, because the gift of inspiration 
to other people is so big and it doesn't come easily to lots of people, nor does it come, um, like, I don't know, often, I, I guess. Yeah, yeah. exactly what you're saying. Um, I did not know you did, you were yoga instructor. I've actually yeah. been a, um, group fitness instructor for about a little over four years now. So I did that in personal training before photography, and I'm actually going to dip more into um, group fitness again. I just have to, I know photography is kind of like busy season, so it's kind of taking over right now. But I have that same gift for like teaching other people. I wanted to become a teacher. That didn't work out because I don't like kids. (laughs) Um, And, you know, and I just feel like sometimes your gifts that you are given, I feel like you can use them in different ways. Sometimes it's... Um, you might want to become a teacher and then that didn't work out. And then now you're teaching photography or, you know, just different things like that, which is so cool. Um, but you definitely have to be a good teacher to teach someone how to use, um, their camera and manual settings because it is quite confusing. I can tell you that. Yeah, it is. And that's one of the biggest questions that I get asked is like manual mode is so scary. And like, there's so much to think about and like, uh, heck yes, that is true. I was terrified when they were like, we're going to use manual mode. I was like, I don't know what any of these buttons are. And like, <laughs> I was totally messing up all the time, but honestly, the only way that I got better at it was, it was just forcing myself to do it. Like making myself shoot in raw, making myself shoot on manual mode. And then all of a sudden it clicked and I got better and I understood how they all worked together. Um, instead of being like, oh, it's too hard and too scary and I don't want to mess up. So I'm just not going to do it. Um, then I would never have learned and I would never have gotten it so easily. I probably learned manual mode in like 2011. So I was still in high school then. And, um, it was just, I mean, eye opening, honestly, to once you, once you learn what you can do with your camera and like fully embrace it and be able to control every little thing about it. Well, pretty much. I mean, obviously technology is technology. So you only have a certain amount of control, but at least for like setting up your shot and like making it come out the way that you want to as close to it as you can. That's huge. It's exciting too, when you start to actually get it to work um, for your benefit. I know when I was starting to learn manual mode, I watched so many YouTube videos, but the second I started actually having someone teach me like answer questions that I had that were super specific. It helped me learn a lot quicker. And that's why I always tell people, I'm like, you can either learn it the easy way or not easy way, the cheap way, which is YouTube, which I mean, gosh, like it'll work, but it might take eight months Mm -hmm. or you can do you, or you can learn in one day with um, another photographer that can teach you, you know? So that's so true. There are a lot of free ways that you can look at it. And then I would say like, unless you watch like 60 different YouTube videos to hear a million different people explain it to you. Sometimes it just takes that one specific person that can word it in a way that you understand it to under for it to actually make sense in your brain. Oh, for sure. So talk a little bit about like where you see your business going. Um, I know when it comes to running a business, you can only charge so much or you can only do so much before you're hitting a plateau. So it's like, mm-hmm. what are you going to offer? How are you going to scale your business? Kind of talk a little about that. It's so exciting. 
Yeah, I am actually like my brain. If you ask my husband and my assistant and my mom, like I talk to them all the time about everything that's going through my brain all the time. It's just constantly turning with ideas. Um, um, once <laughs> it's good because it's like you're inspired and you're excited to work on your business and you have a vision of where you want to take it, which is important. Um, but sometimes it's a little overwhelming because I'm very impatient and I want it to happen tomorrow or today or like five minutes ago. <laughs> so a lot of it is just trying to like be realistic about the goals that I'm setting. But um, I did have a goal actually in last year that I wanted to start working with a videographer and um, long story short, I found someone and then she moved, which kind of sucks, but she just went back home to California. So we had a few weddings booked together um, this year that we're kind of working out the details for, but that's still something that I would love to do is be able to kind of team up with a videographer so that I can offer that to my couples because I know it's huge being able to work side by side with a videographer who you get along with and you like, it's just one from in my brain, I was like, it's one less person for them to have to communicate with one less contract. They have to sign one less payment plan. They have to worry about if they can just book us together as a team. And then I can handle all that and like relay everything to the videographer. And like, they don't have to talk to the videographer unless they like really want to or need to, because a lot of like we work side by side with videographers during wedding days, like all the time. And it's our jobs are like virtually the same as far as the client is concerned. They don't need any really other information. I mean, they do. I'm sure I might be missing stuff because I'm not a videographer. But um, most of the time they just kind of work off my timeline because they're they have to shoot what I'm shooting anyways. So it doesn't really matter. Um, so I'm still hoping to make that a thing. So that is one of the goals. Um, the other goal that I have is basically just like really working on my client experience. Um, I'm trying to up a little bit more about um, like gift boxes and like being communicate, like more communicative with them. Um, Cause not saying that this is what I do, but sometimes I feel like all I do is like, sh like set up their shoot, their engagement shoot and like send them their photos and then like send them a questionnaire and say like, okay, this is what we're doing for your wedding. And then I shoot their wedding. It's like, that's definitely not what I do. I know I do more than that. And I definitely check in more than that. Yeah, but I feel like they're, I want to do more. And I feel like I want them to, um, I don't know, like feel taken care of by me. And I don't think that nobody, I don't think that my clients haven't felt and taken care of me, but this is just like a personal thing. So I'm trying to like schedule meetings with them and like send them more gifts and um, just like be more interactive with them up until their wedding day and even afterwards. Um, and yeah. maybe kind of revisit my packages a little bit to make sure that it incorporates more stuff for them. Um, and like, I'm making sure that I'm taking care of them with the packages that they book. Yeah, for sure. That's something that I want to be more intentional about. It's kind of hard because like, you have when you have so many clients let's say you have 27 weddings or whatever it is it can be kind of hard with like oh gosh you have to schedule this meeting um have you found that your virtual assistant do they help with a lot of the scheduling of those meetings or um has that been great for you um she so the great thing about my virtual assistant is she is one of the at least from what i found one of the very few who can actually do everything some of the virtual assistants are more like 
specifically for Pinterest or specifically for Instagram or specifically just for like admin work, like setting up meetings and emails and stuff. But what I love about the girl I work with, her name is Carla Alexa. She's amazing. Um, shout out to my girl. Um, she does a little bit of everything. So if I, I don't know if you heard that thunder in the background, but I heard it through my No, I actually really did it. You probably are hearing all my texts come through. I'm like trying <laughs> to mute my side. <laughs> That's okay. I know. I just like, I heard it through my headphones, so I know it's loud. Um, anyways, so what I love about her is that she does a little bit of everything. So if there's a week that I need her to focus on admin work, like I can have her do that. If there's a week that I'm going to be out of town, I can have her schedule, like set up my Instagram post or something like that for me. Um, so it just kind of, it's very flexible based off what I need, which I'm sure probably drives her crazy because she's like, this girl is all over the place. Um, but yeah, I can say, Hey, like, I'm really like scatterbrained right now. Can you please like check in with all my clients and just like make sure that they don't need anything from me. Um, or I can say like all my September brides, like, which is what I just did. Um, I didn't have her do it, but like I could have, um, check in with my September brides, send out questionnaires, like make sure that they don't, if they need a meeting, like, can you set it up? Um, so it does take a little bit off my plate, which is good just because it's one less thing that I don't have to worry about doing. Um, but some of the stuff, especially like client communication, I like handling directly just because I don't want to miss anything. And I don't want it to be like, Oh yeah, I had that conversation with you and I don't remember it. Like I want to actually be able to like engage with them. Um, so I would rather have her take some of the other stuff off of my plate so that I can focus on communicating with my clients more, but I know everybody is a little bit different too. So. Yeah, I've been wanting to dive into that. Um, I'm really overwhelmed with like the client communication. I feel like everyone's always texting me and I feel like, Oh, I'm like working 24 seven and I'm trying to really like set limits, but it can be really hard, you know, when everyone's texting and then you got to set up this meeting and then you got to make sure you don't go to, you got to make sure that you go to this meeting. And, um, was it kind of hard to like let the reins off and like here, like take it over? Definitely. It was a little nerve wracking, especially because like I had to give her my passwords for all my accounts and everything. So like she can get into my Instagram and my honey book and like my pixie set, like she can get into all these things, which like that is like the number one key when you're hiring someone, an assistant is like hire someone you trust. Um, this girl and I have been following each other for years and we've been like each other's cheerleaders and I never felt like pushed to hire her she just would respond to my stories or like comment on my posts and like hype me up. And like, I did the same to her. And so then when it came time for me to get an assistant, I was like, okay, this is who I want to be with because she's never once pressured me to work with her or been like, I love yourself. If you ever think about a virtual assistant, like I'm around. And then I almost kind of get like automatically turned off being like, Oh, I don't really want to work with someone who's like, I know you're a virtual assistant and like if I do need that I will reach out to you and because she didn't say it to me it inspired me to work with her more but it was definitely like control issues like trying to like let her take over some of the stuff was very nerve-wracking but if you find the right person like they'll kind of come in and act as you which is what she told me she loves to do like when she writes my blog she like puts herself in my shoes and when she writes my Instagram captions like she's like writing as me so Every time I look over her stuff before she publishes it, which is also a good thing, um, I'm just like, this sounds like I wrote it. <laughs> it sounds like it was totally me. Um, but it's really hard to, going off what you said, to set those boundaries and like not, re- like when you feel overwhelmed with people texting you and emailing you and remembering all the things you have to do. What I found that has helped me um, 
organize my thoughts is I actually use a Trello board and I have a Trello board that I don't know if you know what Trello is, but it's like a, um, what's the right word for it? Like a workspace yeah, basically. Yeah. Like never a workspace, like, um, so it's kind of, n- there's other ones out there that are similar, like notion, um, Trello, uh, that kind of stuff. But Dubsado and Honeybook have little aspects of these in there. But what I wanted was a place I could go see everything and look at everything without having to go into Honeybook and like open up each individual project and like look at the contract, look at their payment plan, look at their emails, look at the schedule and then go do that again for another one. I just like I didn't want to deal with that. So I have a Trello board that has like a card, like think about it like an index card and it has a checklist of all the things I need to do for each wedding. I've just like created a template that's like make sure their contract is signed. When have they paid in full? Like, did I hire a second shooter? Like all that kind of stuff. If there's travel involved, like did I book an Airbnb? So it's really nice for me to be able to just open up that one card and be like, oh, I haven't sent them their prep email for their engagement session. So then I'll just go to HoneyBook and be like, here's your prep email. This is where we're meeting. This is what time, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I can organize my thoughts a little bit better like that. And then as far as like the client communication ends of it goes, like just the text messages and the emails never stop, especially because a lot of people do work that like nine to five jobs. So when they get off work and they're having dinner with their partner, they come and they're like, oh yeah, we got to talk to them about this. And so they'll shoot us a text and then I have to respond the next morning. It's hard to set those boundaries, but I do think that it's helped my mental health a lot being able to like stick to those, unless it's an emergency to like stick to those, um, like whatever hours you want to set as your office hours. And then you'll get some better space, I think too. Oh yeah. Such good tips. I'm going to look at that. Um, that little list thing that you were talking about. I think that will help a lot because I, you know, I'll do lists and I'll do checklists, but then I just still get overwhelmed because then you still have all these checklists and yeah, there's a lot to it. And it's like your mind is always kind of spinning and stuff like that. So um, so I kind of wanted to dive into niching down. I'm not I don't know. I believe in the power of niching down. If you guys don't know what niching down means, it basically means you pick something like I want to become a wedding or I want to do weddings and you just are doing weddings or couples or maybe you're doing more seniors and you're just going to do seniors. Um, I do believe in the power of it in some aspect, but at the same time, I feel like you can't put yourself in a box. Otherwise, you can't like I feel like I don't know. It's hard to explain my thoughts towards it. I'm not a huge fan of niching down. I feel like photography as a whole, portrait photography as a whole is a niche. Um, But then again, I am trying to a little bit with my business, with doing more couples and weddings um, and posting more of what you want to book more of. That's my thing is like posting more of what you want to book. Yes. Uh, That's kind of what I was going to say is like, I also don't believe in niching down. I definitely think that it's it's good for people who do get overwhelmed and literally have no interest in doing anything else besides what they want to do. Like if you are not interested in weddings and you only want to do families and maternity, like you don't have to do weddings. If you don't enjoy it and you don't like it and weddings stress, stress you out, like there's no need for you to do weddings if you don't want to. So like niche down if that's what's right for you. But for me, I love everything. I, my joy is, yeah, my joy is people. My joy is their stories. I love knowing them. I love becoming friends with them. I love the bonds that I create with my clients and that's what I want. And it's not necessarily tied to only seniors or only weddings or only families. 
Um, I honestly love when I get like a proposal and then they're like, oh, we want to book you for our wedding. So then I get to do their engagement photos and their wedding photos. And then they're like, oh, we're pregnant. So then I get to do their announcement photos. And then I, they, they'll do a grow with me package so I can do their maternity photos. And then every milestone with their baby, like newborn, three months, six months, one year. And then who knows, I've been with them for two years. They're going to keep coming back to me. Like, that is what I love. It's just the connection and the trust that these people have in me and that they're including me in these big moments in their lives. And that's kind of why I don't, I don't niche down because I, I love, like I've worked so hard to gain the clients that I have and I want to keep coming back to them as much as I want them to keep coming back to me. So I don't, I don't think you have to niche down if it's not something that you're interested in. So that's my opinion. So well said. I love that. And look, that's exactly how I feel. I'm, I enjoy seniors. I think it's fun to do all different types of photography. Cause then you don't get so bored. Like if you're going to just do couples, like after a while, you're just like, Oh, I'm doing the same poses. And then it exactly. just becomes a routine and it just becomes something, a job. But if you can kind of switch it up with other things, it makes it so much more fun and enjoyable. Um, but then again, I've heard where some people are like, Oh, well, I'm, I want to just do a low or, I want to be known as like an elopement photographer and I want to book these big, you know, elopements or whatever. So they think that, you know, niching down, maybe it might work for them, but I don't know. I just feel like just post what you want to shoot more of. Yeah, I definitely agree that like the other reason I have not niched down is because I don't want to burn out. And I know for a fact that especially like, I feel like I do a lot of, um, engagements in the spring. And then I do a lot of like families in the summer and the fall. And I'm like, by the end of fall, I'm like, if I have to photograph one more family, I swear to God, I'm, I'm going to like lose my mind. <laughs> but then I like, then I take a couple months off or whatever, where I like, maybe we'll only have like one family booked in those two months. And then I'm like, okay, I'm so tired of shooting couples. I'm ready to shoot a family. Like, so, um, I definitely don't want to burn out. And I think that not, not niching down is protecting that, um, which I'm very thankful for that I, I recognize that about myself, but if you like, I definitely post more about couples and weddings because I do want to shoot more couples and weddings than I do anything else. I definitely don't think that I'm like, there, there's some parts of photography that I definitely don't think I'm my strongest at, but that doesn't mean that I don't want to do them. And I know that the only way that I'm going to get better at them is if I keep doing them. So I'm not going to like not post about them, but I'm not going to like majorly promote and advertise that or brand myself as that type of photographer unless I decide fully that like this is what I want to do yeah that's so good yeah just I say have fun with it and don't Mm -hmm. put yourself in that box like there's just so much of that going on and there's so many educators that tell you that you need to do that now Mm -hmm. if it's like another business coach that might be saying niching down I do believe that with certain businesses like if for example if you're running a fitness and photography business you should probably niche down to one of those topics just because then you can really hone in on your ideal person that you want to you know, serve and stuff like that. So I think in that circumstance, that's where it makes most sense. But like mm-hmm. photography as itself is just one big niche, in my opinion. Yeah. So I agree yeah. with that. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so let's go ahead and dive into um, I think let's go ahead and dive into your biggest business tip. We've been chatting for a bit. I love to end with that. Um, do I have to do one tip or can I do a couple? You could do a couple. Yeah. Dive okay. in. I love it. Cool. Cause I'm like, it's so hard for me to only choose one because I feel like there's a few that have always like been very important in my path as a business and like 
also that I continue to learn as I grow my business. Um, but kind of going back to what we were talking about in the very beginning is like, know when you start this, that you have to work a lot. Like you can't just expect this job, this dream to happen overnight. Um, I know that it's, this might sound really rude, I guess, but one of my biggest pet peeves is when people make excuses for themselves and they're like, "Mm, I just don't have the time to work on this, or I don't have the, the, the motive. I mean, it's different when you have a motivation, but like you can always make time. And that, if that means like not hanging out with your friends and family, which sucks, but you can dedicate your time in different ways. Um, and just knowing that like everyone's timeline is different, like just because someone else went full-time within six months, doesn't mean that you're going to go full-time in six months, especially because like maybe they worked only on that business for like 80 hours a week because they had like financial stability to be able to step back for an entire six months and only work on their whatever industry that they wanted to get into. Um, but just know that you have to find that fine line of like working hard and putting in the effort, but also protecting that like mindset, the mental and physical health, um, by like setting boundaries and still like trying to make time for something that you love. So maybe you're working a full-time job and you're coming home and working, um, try to reserve like one night a week or something like that, that you go hang out with friends and family or read a book or just chill on the couch and watch TV or like whatever it is that lights or that kind of refills your cup. Um, so work really hard, but protect yourself as well. Um, and then I would say another thing for me is just like talking about what you do all the time. That was the biggest game changer in my career was that once I decided I wanted to be a photographer, I told everyone, I literally talked about it every single time that I could. Um, I was like, okay, uh, you know, meeting somebody new, especially at like where I teach yoga at, they'd be like, oh, thanks for class. It was so great. Like, do you teach here often or whatever? And I'm like, no, I actually don't teach here. I'm a photographer. Like, even if I wasn't full time, I would still say it because then they're like, Oh, photographer, like, oh, I need someone to photograph our family Christmas card. And like, even though it might not be what you want to do, like, hey, it's job, it's a referral, it's someone that for sure. I did the same thing. I love that. Yeah, it was just important. Like, because if you don't talk about the fact that you do it, people aren't going to know that you do it. And I also think it's kind of important to put it at the forefront of people's mind. Like, if I was like, oh, no, I teach yoga, but I also work at a chiropractor's office, but then I also do photography. Like they're going to latch on to like the first thing they hear, which would be the yoga or the chiropractor office. They're going to forget about the fact that you said you're a photographer. So like saying it first and calling yourself a photographer, like you are, you're not lying. You are a photographer. You just don't necessarily work full time. So you're not, that's kind of how I had to say it to myself. It's like, I'm not lying to people. I am a photographer. I'm just not full time yet. Yes. You have to talk about your business. If you have a business, like, yeah, you know, one time I was taking a picture for somebody at like a a Christmas, Christmas Eve um, service at church. And Mm -hmm. this couple, they wanted photos or they just wanted like an iPhone shot. And then after I took their iPhone shot, I was like, did you know I'm actually a wedding photographer? Like I'm actually a photographer. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) I mean, obviously the picture isn't going to look as good as my normal pictures, but I just wanted to note that. Um, And we just all of a sudden we connected on Instagram and I have used her for two of my content days for modeling. And the other day she texted me because we're like friends now and she texted me and she's like, Anna, um, I can't believe you told me like, I'm so happy you told me in church that you were, um, you know, a photographer because we wouldn't have connected. If I didn't say that, we wouldn't have even connected on Instagram 
maybe we would have down the road, but who knows? So like you have to like take advantage of those opportunities and like throw yourself out there. Absolutely. It's so important. And just like you said, being able to just throw yourself out there and you never know what's going to come from it. That's that could be a huge change in your business. And I definitely think that's what helped me was just like telling everybody I'm a photographer. Like if you need pictures, like post about it on Facebook, like go into different Facebook groups in your area and say like, I'm a local photographer. If anybody wants family photos or engagement photos or whatever, like, let me know, you know, that's like, it feels, it feels awkward, like promoting yourself, but you have to be your biggest cheerleader. So you really do. And I think it also helps with imposter syndrome. Like if you're feeling really like down about yourself, your business, like talking about your business in a highly manner, like that's really going to change things. Yeah. It does shift your mindset a little bit to be like, oh wait, yeah, I am good. I am cool. I can do this, you know? And it does kind of like, just like feeling that and like talking about yourself in that way, it definitely will help get rid of those negative, like feelings of not being good enough and all that kind of stuff. I agree with that for sure. I 100% agree. Well, as we're kind of wrapping up, go ahead and plug in where they, where the listeners can find you. I know you're on Instagram. Um, so kind of tell them a little bit of that. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram, Kaylee Ely photography. Um, and my website is just KayleeEly.com. I also have a podcast called clearly Focus that you can listen to as well. Um, but other than that, uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, I guess I'm trying to be on TikTok a little bit more, but I'm not very good at it. So I post more about like books on there than anything because I love reading. So, um, it's a little bit less, uh, rules, I guess for me, I just kind of have fun with it on TikTok. So you can find me there. It's also just Kaylee Ely photography. Um, but yeah. Awesome. I will also link everything below so you guys can follow her and, um, say hi to her. (laughs) Yes, please do. Awesome. Well, it was so good to have you on the podcast and I'm excited to have you back. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This was actually a really good conversation. I needed it. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. It means the world. If you're enjoying the show, please leave me a five-star review by scrolling down a little bit past the show notes. On top of that, share this episode with a friend who may just need it. 